and welcome to Artwork, a conversation with creative people about the joys, the challenges and the mundane moments of living an artistic life. We're your hosts, I'm Poppy Rose. And I'm Bray Robertson. And our artists today are Thea and Yaika from the Berlin-based Latin American European performance collective Abanaya. Thea is a Finnish performer, drama and circus facilitator, while Yaika studied cultural sciences and works as a dramaturg and assistant director. They are two members of Abanaya. Since 2017, the collective have been exploring topics of sexuality with a comedic approach. With tools of post-porn clowning, they question gender norms and its expectations, as well as the myths and stereotypes of femininity and desire. They say, our bodies, our sexuality and our vulnerability are our political weapons on stage. We battle the boundaries between cheerfulness and discomfort. We want to inspire and encourage our audience to question their perceptions on freedom of self-expression, sexuality, equality and pleasure. Oh, all of this comes together in their post-porn clowning lecture performance. We can do it moaning and we love it. In this episode, Taya and Yaika tell us about how practicing things that make us feel awkward can help to normalize it. How powerful comedy is when venturing into awkward and difficult conversations and how important vulnerability is when wanting to be funny. The clown helps us see a reflection of ourselves in our most vulnerable place. Oh, this is such a great conversation. I just, I want to go and practice moaning now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's dive in. Welcome, Teya and Yaika, to the Artwork Podcast. We're so excited to talk to you today. You are from the Theatre Collective or Clowning. How would you describe yourself, sorry, Theatre Collective or? We always say Performance Collective because performance is just a wider spectrum, yes. I guess, where you can just put everything like clowning or theatre. It just combines it under the title Performance Collective. How did you guys meet? How did you get to know each other? And what made you decide to stick together and create this collective? Mm. Yeah, so it uh, it was four years ago. Uh, me and Rafa, Rafaela, we met through uh, a common friend. And then we met with Rafa and we were planning like, oh, we want to do stuff and maybe we can show each other when we perform, like uh, building something, being in a rehearsal room together. And then um, Rafa said, ah, I know another person, Kisi, who is also from Brazil, because Rafa is uh, also from Brazil. Um, she's also doing clowning like you, so maybe she could come also there. And then it really was like we, it was uh, we three in the beginning. So we were just rehearsing and we realized very quickly that uh, there was something very nice in the dynamic and we had fun and it was nice to work together. So then we decided to stay together. And then uh, two years ago, we got this amazing uh, ad to our collective Yaika, uh, who started to work as a dramaturg. So we really needed a dramaturg. And uh, yeah. how you met Kizi? Exactly. I met uh, Kizi, our director, um, at another uh, theater production that we worked on. And she had, within that process, she had told me about her performance collective. And I always found that 
from what she has been telling me, extremely cool. One day she called me and asked me if I could uh, join a rehearsal of you. And that was for the um, piece, We Can Do It Moaning. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had sent me a couple of um, recorded um, showcases of you and I watched them and I was very, uh, yeah, amazed by <laughs> your performance. And then I joined the rehearsal space and it was me alone with the three performers uh, who were just doing their moaning routine because that piece <laughs> consists of uh, yeah a large amount of uh, moaning choir, you could say. And I was seduced, basically. <laughs> and then from that moment, I just <laughs> continued and uh, yeah, um, we we then developed the piece uh, in a in a. Uh, on a bigger um in a bigger show uh, and i joined the process and then stuck with you yeah after the <laughs> process we really were like please yeah. yaika do you want to be part of us <laughs> and she wanted we and are really very happy yeah. yeah oh that's <laughs> wonderful so yaika i have a question i'm new to the world of theater um what is a dramaturg what is your role what does it mean so um for me, like work, there, there are different uh, ways of uh, dramaturgical work, but within the group, um, with, within Abanaya, I am, because uh, we are a group of four and we have uh, Rafa and Thea, um, the two performers, and then Kizi, our director, is also a performer. So, so uh, for me, the, my role in this collective as a dramaturg is uh, mainly being an outside eye, uh, looking at the the piece um, and framing it, I guess, or adding and uh, suggesting moments that I see from the outside. And then there is a lot of um, text work, which I do. For We Can Do It Moaning, it's a little bit different, the process, because there is a part where, where, uh, where it's a uh, spoken word, but most of it is this uh, choreography of sounds, which uh, I cannot contribute very much with uh, text work. I do a lot of research. So it's a combination of researching on a, a specific topic, bringing all the material together, talking about the material, and then uh, yeah, developing something out of it collectively, but also um, joining the process from an outside and giving suggestions or um yeah this is mostly what I do cool and what about you Daya before um Abanaya where did what was your background coming into this project yeah so my background is quite uh, <laughs> a lot of variety in it so I'm I'm from Finland and in Finland I I fell in love with theater when I was 19 and um I I played a lot. I, I I worked as an actress. I studied in a private school, but also um, I studied sociology and social mm -hmm. psychology, which is also what I'm really interested in. And then um, then I moved to Berlin ten years ago, and there I came to the circus world. And then I found a lot about circus. So I um, I started teaching also like circus. And I started clowning and I got interested in clownery. 
also. So um, after that, I also studied theater uh, pedagogy. I don't know how to say it in English, like yeah. theater facilitation. Yeah, uh, Applied theater, yeah. Yes, applied theater. So basically my uh, background is I'm a I'm performer, I'm theater teacher, a circus teacher. Um, yeah, basically most of those things. Wow. I'm just listening to this thinking like, what a dream to find like-minded, passionate women who want to create together and that you've actually mm. managed to be able to commit and make it work together, I just find is incredible. Do you have any advice for people who might want to, you know, maybe they have a friend and they always talk like, oh, we should do something. We should make something. Do you have any advice of like, how did you actually start seeing this as something that could really work and take it seriously and commit to each other? Uh, for me personally, um, it's a lot about um, conne connection. Like it's really about the personal connection between the people. So for me, like Abanaya is my family uh, in good and bad, <laughs> I would say. Uh, And I remember, like, maybe this is one thing I remember from uh, one uh, director earlier when I was kind of struggling, I wanted to do stuff alone uh, and I didn't know how and I, I was a bit like lost. And she said, uh, Deja, you should just gather people you love and start to do things. So mm -hmm. I think it's very, um, for me, it's important that the atmosphere is good, that you are able to, Uh, speak together, be open and transparent and have fun together. So if you are mm -hmm. in a process or in a group where you where you feel like, okay, yeah, this is quite, I like the work, but it's strange and I don't, I don't like the people that much and it's strange atmosphere, then I guarantee it will be hard because uh, working in a performing arts fields Uh, means a lot of hours spent mm. and a lot of frustration and little money. So that's why I, yeah, my biggest advice is just um, be aware of the constellation of the people. And if you, it's like a gut feeling. If you mm. feel like, ah, I like it. I'm happy to see these people. Mm. Then it's a good fit. Yeah. You have had been working together already before I joined you. And uh, that was my major motivation, I think, because I saw the group working together so uh, with such a great passion. And uh, for me, that was my drive to, to wanting to contribute and wanting to be part of it. We do uh, regularly these um, rounds where we, where we say, like, if there is some topics that uh, concerns us, for example, so we are really clearing mm -hmm. the air, uh, even if there is some... Um, Uh, arguments between people in the end like we are just crying and saying ah I love you I love you too so it's it's mm. very very important that we also clear the air regularly so let's talk about what you're exploring with Abanaya um, there are quite a lot I would love to hear from your perspective what are you researching what are you exploring in your performances with Abanaya? <laughs> <laughs> well, in general, 
Okay, um, I think it depends like uh, what is the project we are working on mm -hmm. because there are different thematics. Like um, we have this show, We Can Do It Moaning, where we were um, researching a lot about, we called it post-porn clowning. So mm -hmm. we were uh, researching a lot the sound of moaning, but also the connotations of moaning and about, in general, like um, our sexuality and how we as women, how we can be funny, because I would say also one, yeah, we are searching, re researching a lot about female comicality. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, for example, we can do it moaning the, um, um, yeah, the research was uh, about sound and about our bodies and about uh, how to, how to make people laugh and feel awkward at the same time and how mm -hmm. how can we use like uh, how can we change like some poor pornographic uh, ideas to something different and how how can we produce co like comedy through it but also be political at the same time and have a message to say all these things but then if we are working on different project then um, maybe the way of working is also a little bit different like mm. now we were working about uh, failure and uh, it's also I would say it, it's a lot about body mm -hmm. when we work and about um, also the clowning is always there some, somehow like uh, female comicality is I would say what happens what is there quite often. What have you found in your research about female comicality? Because I can imagine, like, just from my perspective, I'm interested to know, like, how you got to this point of feeling free to express yourself in this way. But when I grew up, I grew up in quite a conservative family. And any time I was a bit like, Bleh! or, you know, made a crude joke or talked about sex in a way that wasn't ladylike, I was immediately like, Brianna, that's not ladylike. We don't talk like this. And so what have you discovered in your research about female comicality and how empowering is it for women to be able to make these jokes and talk about these issues in like a, a fun way? Um, I would say that the stage and theater itself is a place of exaggeration and overly, um, I have to find the word in English, um, Überspitzt, over the top, or like mm -hmm. that's that's not quite fitting, but yeah. So mm, theater and the stage is or are the places where you have you you choose a, a a theme, a topic, and then you visualize it and you add text, music, light to it. So you you take a tiny topic and you exaggerate that topic. We chose the topic of pornographic sounds of sexual we well it is a copulatory vocalization right the <laughs> the sounds that we chose so very restricted and um closeted um sounds and we put them on a stage and just uh with a very um we, we put them on the stage very very loud and that was uh something when i heard it the first time i was uh 
shocked, but so <laughs> inspired by it. Uh, yeah. And this is what made me extremely uncomfortable for the first three minutes. And then I was totally hooked and I wanted yeah. to see more and it was hilarious. So this is something you, you I guess, how we uh, find the, the uh, humor and the uh, comedic aspects. We, we take something super small and closeted and then we put it on the stage and then let it, let it, uh, um, bloom I don't know how you yeah. let it explode yeah. in that case because moaning is a thing where we get very close to the climax and then we drop it and then we go back again it's very funny yeah oh my God. <laughs> and maybe also like for your question first of all it is really empowering I can say it as a performer yeah and uh, also like for example my journey um uh, I I wasn't that like uh, comfortable in the beginning like it's more or less like four years ago when we started already working with this moaning like at just only to make the sound I felt mm. like oh this is I felt like uh, shy yeah so and uh, but then you know now if you see I can moan anywhere <laughs> so it's it's also <laughs> like I can moan in the streets wherever and um, so it's also empowering in that way but also the feeling because it's so interesting because in a way moaning is just a sound but it's a sound that has so many meanings so many connotations i can i can um i can play with it i can manipulate like manipulate other people or i can i can um uh like make other people feeling awkward or horny or mm. i can feel all these things also so it's really it's so simple and so um, so uh, fruitful in a way. So it is um, it is really interesting. And I would say, in the moment when you get comfortable with it, uh, it is really strong feeling and empowering feeling to be on the stage and also to um, to be with the audience because it's even if it feels awkward or at, for an audience, it's not that we want to put it kind of there that we leave the audience alone because not not at all so it's we are together with the audience so we make them laugh and then we make them feel awkward so it's the line between so it's um something that they can enjoy so um yeah i would say it's it's a lot of things and it's a it makes you feel stronger when you are playing what you have making comedy making a female comedy um, we also, I think, especially with this with this long process of uh, moaning and uh, advertising it and showcasing it on a stage, we completely forget that it could be awkward. And uh, then yeah. being, or yeah, we realize uh, with the connection with the audience and with feedbacks that we do did create uh, with this show a very yeah putting something very private on the stage but then inviting people to it and not it is provocative and um at the same time it's very um you get you get so comfortable with it after a while and that's mm. extremely uh yeah interesting <laughs> any um advice for people who want to build that confidence to be loud to take up space and to just own their sound because 
that sounds like a process. So are there any, any little tips you could share with us? Repetition. I think it's really was repetition. Mm -hmm. Like, um, because it's in anything what you do in life, when it feels first time strange, but when you do it a couple of yeah. times, then it's normal. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with moaning. I do so much with my voice, but as I'm listening to you, I'm like, wow, I don't think I've ever thought about, you know, moaning or, you know, like there are sounds that even me as like a voice teacher and a singer have not shared with people. Mm. And um, I love this idea that you want to like bring comedy and awkwardness together what do you think happens when those two combine? How does comedy kind of help you explore these issues in a different way? Mm. Well, I think what we showcase mainly and what is the main core of what, what makes it um, hilarious is that we show something that people can relate to although it is mm. as we said like a private issue or we 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 claim it to be super private we mm -hmm. uh yeah we we have the possibility to have the entire audience relate to something that we show and this is where it gets awkward because but at the same time, super funny because you know you've mm. heard these sounds, you've made these sounds, you 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 know how to uh, or where where you put these sounds normally, and this is a correlation because you you uh, yeah you experience something um, and you have it visualized in front of you, and then with the sounds as well, um, you fully experience something that you know personally. And uh, mm. yeah, this is uh, this is a border, I guess, that we cross, and that's what makes it really funny. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's mm -hmm. also what Yaika said. It's um, this is the state of a clown. So basically, uh, clown is making people to relate to the performer, like to the clown. Mm -hmm. So it's really um, it's also that we are showing our vulnerability vulnerability i hate this word and i never can say it good we don't it's hate really not. yeah we don't hate the state of being vulnerable but vulnerable. we have struggles with the word <laughs> vulnerable uh, so basically um yeah the clown is a state or we as performers we are vulnerable on the stage and in that way uh, the audience can relate because when you do when you try to make people laugh, when you, if you try to be funny, you are not funny. So basically you need to be, and you need to be, and through that, like uh, be in this uh, real state and look what happens in the audience. And this way you can be funny. When you really take all the masks away and you are in your mm. state. So it is very hard. But when it works, it's really fun. So I think this is also what, what is the power of comedy that or mm -hmm. uh, like the clown, especially like that. It's then it's really real. The clown is showing the society. It's kind of holding the mirror mm -hmm. like this is you also, but I'm showing it now on the stage. 
So this is the way how um, people can relate and what is the power of uh, comedy, in my opinion. I really see that authenticity and that vulnerability in the trailer um, because watching it, I, I went, I wanted to watch it with like open mind. What is this all about? But I think being British and being a woman and this culture of prim, proper, moaning stays private and all of that and watching you guys just be and I could literally see you with you know without all these societal masks on like you said it was so at first it was so uncomfortable to to watch you just be like that because you know that's just so new to me but yeah it was just I could overcome the uncomfortable of how I felt because I could see the vulnerability and the authenticity and the enjoyment that you guys were having in this mm. performance that's amazing because yeah, I think the trailer the, the teaser the, it's it's only two minutes long I guess one minute one minute yeah but within that <laughs> short amount uh how you yeah mm. but then there there are the images as well and th those are mm. We, we we have the title Post Porn Clown, but in We Can Do It Moaning, especially, we do focus on the soundscapes uh, particularly. Mm -hmm. And there is no naked skin or there is um, there is mm -hmm. pornographic portrayal within the connection of the performers, but mainly we, we take on the sounds and uh, seeing mm -hmm. the visuals uh, kind of um not corresponding because you know the sounds um with other performers uh naked skin uh sex and so on um like real uh yeah what how por pornography looks like and then you have the images of uh three women on stage um talking about it scientifically or claiming to be super scientists and then um, offer you a concert of moans and it becomes extremely beautiful but also yeah it's uh, it's interesting how you get super comfortable with it after a while yeah and we have heard like uh, this is exactly what you poppy said uh, uh, that we have got this feedback from some audience member who come like after the show like okay like after this like i will never be like unaware of my moaning so next time I will be very aware of my moaning and I will think about yes. it so this is nice that's amazing mm. because the the one the other thing that I love about the fact that you've decided to go down the sound route is that it's your voice and like so mm. often the voice is robbed from you know people it's like the first thing that kind of gets shut down in some ways uh, at as we grow up and we become humans and to be more intentional about the sounds we're making and to be more, mm. to feel more free to make sounds that might be outside our comfort zone is so powerful. I feel like the voice is connected to the rest of our being. And if we mm. can like let the voice go, holy moly, there's like so much freedom that can come from that. Ah! I totally recommend just, um, just try it. Just moan a little bit in your apartment. See how you feel. And, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's really fun, this experience. We had all these questions. Like, uh, 
yeah, starting to discover moaning and um, yeah, being more comfortable with it and then uh, raising the questions to ourselves. What is it? Who makes us moan? Are we doing this uh, out of our mm. own uh, mm. needs? Are we affirming people? This is, uh, yeah, mm. all, all uh, super interesting questions that oh arise. <laughs> I love all the language that you use to describe your pieces because they are quite abstract concepts but to me that every every day person I'm not super involved in the theater world it was so accessible for me to read and understand oh this is the point like I understand this well to to an extent without seeing it you know what I mean but um yeah I just wanted to say like the words that you use are so powerful for me to understand so how important is it for you to use to describe your pieces with language to engage people who aren't in the theater world. We are on it all the time because we are writing a lot of applications <laughs> and like funding mm. applications. And this is the art, like how can, how can we explain our idea to other people so that they can also um, understand it? So I would say we are working on it. We are trying to, to make it accessible Mm. And how, like, if we read the text, uh, is this actually what is going to happen? Like, we are yeah. reflecting on it. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, making making what we put on stage accessible, or I would more uh, frame it as an inv invitation, probably. Yeah, without giving in a major spoiler of, of um, describing it uh, piece by piece or, like, very... Uh, yeah, small definitions of what you see on stage. We try to um, invite people, and uh, mm -hmm. this is where yeah we we have to find uh, words um, for for everyone to to get access to uh, what we do. So, we can do it. Moaning is a post-porn clowning lecture performance created by Abanaya. The 65-minute-long performance adds to contemporary feminist discourses, challenges current pornographic soundscapes, and dares to introduce potential post-pornographic sounds. But should we not use the mouth only for eating? So, at the moment, we begin to use the mouth to kiss or to moan. Are we talking about a perversion? We Can Do It Moaning is a rebellion against patriarchal structures. Through the performative examination of moaning, the audience is invited to a dialogue between science and post-porn soundscape. 90% is invented and only 10% is a lie. The performance starts with a lecture in which three performers present their scientific research on female copulatory vocalization. The rational and scientific character of the lecture is being interrupted and it transforms into a moaning sound installation, leaving the audience with the power of female tones which take over and make things move. It gets dirty, it gets messy, it gets hilarious, it gets awkward, it gets physical, it gets sexual, it stays complicated. 
Oh, that is fantastic. Yes, what an invitation. You've said postpone quite a lot. Where did you arrive at this term? Is this something that you created together or was it a term that you heard from somewhere else and realized that that was something you wanted to work with? What does that mean for you? I know that the term, our director, uh, Kisi, or she's also a performer, she said that she did once a um, uh, workshop where, if I remember right, she was working also with uh, moaning. And the, mm-hmm. and the teacher said, like, ah, the thing what you're doing is kind of like post-porn clowning. And... Uh, then she was ah, cool. true, and I think it's kind of um, um, if you think the whole the all words together post porn clowning, uh, what the mer- words mean itself, and then to put them together, it somehow fits like the post porn part also because we use in our performances um, like as a resource we use the imageries or sounds or ideas of porn pornography mm-hmm. and sexuality and we um we change it like we mm-hmm. use it so in that way it's um it's also uh changing through the process and it's not anymore porn and it's also yeah. not post porn <laughs> because that's also a niche post porn mm-hmm. and it's post porn clowning so mm-hmm. Because we take that and we use it in our way, and that's why it comes to the postpartum clowning. It's also super cool to define our genre with that uh, totally. definition because we yes. do, we are on so many levels. We have the clowning expertise. I was completely introduced to the to the uh, methods of clowning when I joined the process or when I joined the collective, and uh, there is uh, dance choreography. There is theater expertise so combining all of these under the termination or under the term post-porn clowning is uh how we define our collective word and make it Mm. a little bit uh of um yeah because we we uh produce in so many different genres and define our own genre helps us a lot to uh navigate through the performative world uh, especially on and on the stages yeah. Yes, yes. I was just thinking that too. That's really powerful that you've been able to find something that you can kind of hold on to as your mm. foundation of what you want to do. That's incredible. And what an amazing de- definition. I just yeah. love it. Post-porn clowning yeah, is not so brilliant. Three words in succession before today. It's so unique. It. Yeah. It's so unique. <laughs> Where to from here for you? You're You've got an upcoming show, which we'd love to talk to you about. But what else are you dreaming of, hoping for to to do with this Abanaya Collective? So we have produced two major performances, which is uh, mm-hmm. one that deals with performative failure. Uh, and then there is We Can Do It Moaning, which is um, a soundscape and um, sound choreography um method and both of these performances are as i said 
um, methods and trainings for us. So we mm. um, have produced these two performances uh, for development. So we obviously dream of uh, developing them further and developing or training and um, use the methods that we have, uh, that we already rely on, um, build them up and go further with it and see what comes on the way, what, what, um, what progress it makes. And then uh, staging it, it uh, in many different ways and um, see what we can develop out of it, I guess, mm. and um, make more and different and various production out of what we out of the material that we have yeah plus hopefully have then the third one and fourth one and fifth one and sixth one (laughs) like a productions so yeah and when is your next show we have uh three shows scheduled in this month at the 28th yeah starting on the 28th 29th and 30th of October in the English Theatre in Berlin. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) So we always finish on this question. Do you have any words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? Any words that you've lived by um, or things that you keep coming back to that you think will help other creatives i would say don't forget the laughter Mm -hmm. so meaning um have fun with it whatever you do also through the struggles like in every state don't forget the laughter because Mm -hmm. Life is easier like that. Life is nicer. And this also comes back to the uh, thing I talked earlier about uh, taking people who you love with near to you and work with them mm. and laugh with them. I love that. Yes. So much. That's wonderful. Jaika, uh, do you have anything you'd like to share? Um, I am very bad with uh, wisdoms or sharing things, but <laughs> I do remember something very smart that Kizi, our director, said, be be brave to be ugly or something like that. Mm. And that stuck with me because uh, it was um, something very powerful also with our work of showcasing something, trying to trying to be uh, put put something finished and perfect on a stage and portray it in front of people. But if you are brave enough to uh, stay stay who you are and uh, mm. be brave to to be <laughs> brave to be ugly be like fuck the system because as women we're told to be pretty and beautiful and objects of of beauty but be brave to be ugly and to say absolutely no I I want to do something I want to be me and I want to be different and it's okay if I don't fit your beauty standard um yeah or ever yeah so love that thanks girl well thank you so much for sharing your story with us it was amazing such a wonderful conversation honestly so grateful for your honesty and yeah yeah 
Thank you very much. Thank you. You're so nice. I can't wait. I feel like uh, the more that you share your show in Berlin, the more we're going to hear moaning in the streets. I'm really excited. (laughs) We should have it as a greeting at some point. Like we see each other (gasps) in the street. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We'd really appreciate it if you would take the time to subscribe to our podcast and review the episode so that more people can find us in the future. Your comments help us pop up on people's suggested podcasts, helping our artist stories reach a wider audience. Podcasts are best shared by word of mouth. So if you know people who might enjoy this episode or the artwork podcast as a whole, we would love it if you told them all about it. And if you'd like to be a part of the artwork conversation, we would love to invite you to join our Artwork Community Facebook group, where you can connect with the artists we've featured on the podcast and share your art with a like-minded community. You can find the link in the show notes, as well as all the links to today's artists. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at art.workconversation. And stay tuned for our next inspiring episode. Bye! Bye!